0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 27th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be here with you on a Friday. I hope everyone has a good Friday. Hope I'm sorry I didn't get to do yesterday's episode. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd Sorry I didn't do an episode yesterday. Real life kind of got in the way. Wasn't able to get a show done. Uh, wanted to make sure I got some sleep. Um, but uh, back here today on Friday. Next week, as a podcast announcement, next week will be a short week as well. I'll do episodes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'm going to go on a little bit of a vacation. Uh, I am undergoing a small surgical procedure as well, so I will not have access to my computer as much. Post will slow down on Orlando Magic Daily as well uh, over, the next, over the next couple days after Thursday. Uh, so, I'll be fine. Don't worry. I'll, I'll keep everyone updated, but uh, won't be any podcasts after Wednesday next week as well. So, just uh, keep that in mind. I'll make sure the topic is good and holds uh, for a few days as well. Let's get to today's episode, though. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about some wing players. We'll continue our player evaluations. I'll talk about Evan Fournier and Mario Hezonja's season so far. But before we dive into that, I want to remind everyone, if you have not done so already, to check out the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like there is a fantastic podcast covering your Orlando Magic, Locked On Magic, there is a podcast covering every single team in the NBA. There is a podcast covering the NBA daily from a national perspective as well. So if you're looking to figure out who's going to win game seven between the Celtics and the Bucks, check out Locked On Celtics. Check out Locked On Bucks. Both those podcasts are fantastic. They have the same kind of level of detail that we have here on Locked On Magic, except their teams are still playing. Definitely check those out as well as check out Locked On NBA as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball. If you're still looking to play some daily fantasy here toward the end of the season, Josh Lloyd does a great job. Recapping those games, uh, recapping those games from a fantasy perspective, as well as recapping the season from the fantasy perspective, as well. So definitely check those out. Like I said, though, today we're going to talk about uh, some of the, the the wing players. Two really interesting wing players. You both had uh, good seasons in many ways, and you know, but not fulfilling seasons. no one had a fulfilling season with the way that the Magic's. Uh, Magic season ended up going down, but Evan Fournier and Mario Azonia both did some really really nice things over the course of the year. And 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 Pisonia certainly got a lot of attention. Fournier did not, and I do think it's important that we give Evan Fournier the due that he deserves. Last year for Evan Fournier was a difficult season. Um, I think that when the Magic kind of came to that. Uh, I framed it as a decision between Evan Fournier and Victor Oladipo, which I think was probably unfair when I look back at it. Um, It it wasn't really that kind of decision. I do agree that you could have only paid one of them, but but it it wasn't an either-or. And framing it that way probably set some bad narratives, especially when it came to the Magic actually deciding to trade Victor Oladipo that summer. But Evan Fournier struggled a lot. That, that first year. And, and some of it was he was asked to have the ball in his hands and be the primary scorer, and, and that's not really who he is. That's not really who he should be. And teams were able to focus in on him because there wasn't really any secondary perimeter scoring around him. Aaron Gordon at the small forward wasn't scaring anybody. Alfred Payton certainly wasn't scaring anybody. And so defensive defense is really focused in on slowing Fournier down. And a player who was among the most efficient players in the league Son or not most efficient, but a fairly efficient player for his usage suddenly became a really inefficient player, a guy who just wasn't shooting effectively, and, and he had some of his worst field goal percentages of his career, certainly since joining the Magic. This year, Fournier reclaimed a lot of that efficiency while keeping his scoring continuing to increase. No one here is going to confuse Evan Fournier with a guy who should be your number one option. Evan Fournier ended up leading the team in scoring with 17.8 points per game. That If that is happening, more likely than not, your team's going to struggle. That's not who Evan Fournier should be. He is not a, to me at least, he's not a primary creator. He's a secondary creator. You want him as your third or fourth option in an offense, making spot-up threes, attacking rotating defense, occasionally running a pick-and-roll. You don't want him as that primary guy who has to break down a, a defense, or create a shot out of nothing. That's not who he is. That's not where he's most effective, at least. I think he's capable of doing that. That that's not where he's most effective. And of course, to me, a lot of the Magic's problems are not that they have bad players. I agree with the analysis that the Magic had real NBA players and were too talented to tank, but probably not good enough to really make the playoffs. The problem with the Magic is they have guys playing the wrong rules. Evan Fournier was playing the wrong role this year as the leading scorer. But if there is a silver lining, if there is good news to all this, it is that his efficiency shot back up. 37.9% from beyond the arc is more than effective. 45.9% shooting overall with his usage rate is okay. It's not ideal, it's not great, it's not superstar level, but it's okay. 538 effective field goal percentage is certainly... An encouraging mark. And it's back in line with where Fournier was two years ago when he earned his five-year, $17 million per year contract. Evan Fournier has been a lightning rod. One of the many lightning rods on this team. Yes, his defense is lacking. And, and again, I say this so much... It, the magic just put him in a spot that does not necessarily set him up to succeed. And yet Fournier continues to go out there, continues to go out there and play at a high level. He's not the guy that's going to drop 40 on occasion. That's not who he is. Uh, Aaron Gordon took those highlights, and that's why he was my regular season MVP, because he has that ability to be kind of a transcendent player. Not transcendent, transcendent, but a, you know, if, if you had to pick a guy to be an all-star representative for the Magic, you'd want it to be Aaron Gordon. Evan Fournier is not that guy, but he is the most consistent player on the team. The amount of times that you can rely, you can rely on him steadily to get 13, 14, 15 points per game on a bad night. Yeah, go have some duds. I mean, he's not immune to that. But most nights, he's going to get you at least fifteen. And to me, that's still an extremely valuable skill. You can play, and 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 you could play him off the ball. You can have him spot up. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. And to me, that's what makes him valuable. Still moving forward. That's what made this season still an effective year for Evan Fournier. It was a career year statistically. I don't think we can debate that. He continues to see his scoring average increase. He brought back his efficiency. These are all things you wanted to see from Evan Fournier. Whether he can actually affect winning and losing, that is a more difficult question. To me... I, I saw this in the comments on the article that I wrote. To me, Fournier is still worth the money that they're paying him. I think a lot of people still think, oh, he's overpaid. You know, you, you. No. I think he is probably one of the more appropriately played guys on the team. For the role that the Magic ask him to play... And the production he gives you, he is worth about $17 million per year. Now, whether the Magic would be able to move off that deal is certainly a bigger question. He's got three years left on his contract at about $17 million per year. That will be tough to move. And I certainly think and, and can agree to that Fournier might be one of the guys that just needs to flip over, just needs a change of scenery, just needs a fresh start. And of course, I'll agree, I'll agree and stipulate to this too. Fournier is worth $17 million to this team, but probably not worth $17 million to any other team, or to very few other teams. And that, of course, makes a deal very difficult to create. To me, Fournier is still just a solid guy to have around. And most of these guys, I would say, are good people. But Fournier... Fournier still does get the job done to me. He still does a lot of the little things that a team needs. Especially on the offensive. And defensively, yeah, he's got a lot of shortcomings. But... This season, Fournier reestablished his efficiency. He continued to be a consistent, solid scorer for the team. Is he a guy that will affect winning and losing? That is the next phase of his career. And I think at this point we know what Fournier is. It's him and Vucevic are in the same boat. At this point, we know what they are. Where Nikola Vucevic puts a ceiling on your team, I don't think Evan Fournier does. I think Evan Fournier can fit and form to a role on a winning team in a way that Nikola Vucevic can't. And that makes Fournier just a little bit more valuable. That makes Fournier a little bit more effective. And honestly, that probably makes Fournier a better player than Nikola Vucevic at the end of the day. Figuring out where to go next with Evan Fournier is definitely tricky. I would suspect that they're not going to be able to move him, that he's going to have a role on this team next year, and a fairly big one, maybe bigger than what the Magic want to have. Or maybe he's the exact guy they need to help a young point guard throw next to him, or to free up the space for Jonathan Isaac or Aaron Gordon. That's kind of been the beauty of Evan Fournier. He kind of does whatever you need him to do. And he does it more effectively than you think he does. And so I'll still be on the bandwagon for Evan Fournier for just a little while longer. The next guy I want to talk about, of course, is probably the biggest lightning rod on the team. The guy who gets the most debate per minute played, I guess. Is that a stat? Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, but uh but the guy who probably has the a lot a lot going on with him entering this offseason and that is of course Mario Hazonia. I have talked a lot about Mario Zonia. I probably talked more again, more debates per minutes played than any player on the roster. I think Magic fans have a real fascination with him. Everyone wants him to do well, myself included. I think I have been cast as a Hazonia hater, which I I don't think I am. I am I'm cheering for the kid. I like the kid. Um, I think that he had yeah, honestly, no player, except for maybe Aaron Gordon. I would honestly say no player. I, I'll go ahead and say this. I'll be unequivocal. No player on this team had a more successful individual season than Mario Hazonia. At the beginning of the year, even not at the beginning of the year, but toward the end of the year, Coach Frank Vogel said Mario Azonia did not look like an NBA player at the beginning of the season. He was still struggling with a lot of things for this team. And honestly, the decision to decline his team option at the time, the small sliver of a defense you have for it, because I don't think you should let a 22-year-old with his talent go for nothing. But the little sliver of defense you had was, This guy just simply was not delivering on the court. I mean, it was only a year ago that he shot 29.9% from beyond the arc, and this is a guy who supposedly entered the NBA as a three-point shooter. How is a guy like that supposed to find his way onto the court? Hezonia really did have to earn everything this year, but he also had to take advantage of opportunity. And with all the injuries the Magic faced, Hizonia got opportunity and he ran with it. So kudos to him. It is a credit to all the work that he put in and all the work that the coaching staff put in that he was ready to take advantage of that opportunity and forced his way into the rotation for the rest of the year. This is a guy who averaged nearly 10 points per game after, again, being almost completely unplayable at the beginning of the season. His three-point percentage was up to 33.2 per, 33.7%, which isn't great, but was better and was trending in the right direction. 51.5% effective field goal percentage certainly suggested that he had some more efficiency in him. And scoring 9.6 points per game, just raw production, Hazonia was someone the Magic could rely on to score. And on occasion, go Nova. His breakout game against the Detroit Pistons when he made 8 of 12 three-pointers just felt like a long time coming. It was just like, finally, all those pieces are coming together. And really, what was most impressive throughout the course of the season, as the season went on, you could see his yet getting better and better and better. You could see a guy who was not only getting it, but improving upon the skills and the things that he had to learn to get onto the court. This is more than about his shooting. I mean, if if, if we're going to assume that Hizonia will one day shoot the ball effectively, which I don't think is a great assumption to make because that hasn't been proven over three years, but if if you still believe in Hezonia's shooting enough, then those other parts of his game needed to come into place. His defensive discipline, his shot discipline, his passing, you began to see all the signs and all the things that made him the fifth overall pick. I've told plenty of fans, I've told plenty of Azonia supporters that fifth overall pick Mario Azonia probably does not exist. That the guy that we envisioned as a starter next to Aaron Gordon, next to Alfred Payton, next to Victor Oladipo, that guy. That player is probably not going to happen. What Mario Zonia needed to become this year was solid reserve player Mario Azonia. And that's exactly what he did. You could put him in the game and rely on him to make good plays, more good plays than bad plays, to be effective and score, to not just kind of take over and chuck, for lack of a better term. Hizzoni still has a lot of those tendencies. Let's not, let's not get get it sideways here. Hisonia will still come around screens just looking to shoot instead of making the right play. He'll still look to get his own shot going rather than maybe move the ball when it's not open. He'll still wander around defensively, ball watching, trying to gun for steals, getting himself out of position when the ball swings to him. There's still a lot of understanding that has to come on that end. But it got better as the season went on, on both ends, and just the shot selection and the defensive attention. They both got better as the season went along. Hisonia at the end of the season was such a completely different player than the beginning of the season. And it's just incredibly clear, if it wasn't at the time, it's certainly clear now the Magic should never have declined that team option. Sure, the information that they had at the time would tell them, no, this guy doesn't, Quite have what we need. But the information now is, yes, this is a young player we should continue to invest in. The Magic, of course, are somewhat limited in what they can do with Izzonia this summer. They can only offer him a max of $5.2 million as a base year one salary. I don't think he'll get that on the market. So the Magic are still in play. If Mario Azonia truly, as he said, wants to come back to Orlando and the Magic want him back, they can find a deal. Magic have his bird rights. They can go over the cap to re-sign him. But Azonia has to look out for himself too. And I think what's most important for Izzonia, and and he would agree with this. I think we could all agree with this. A lot of his confidence came from playing time. And playing time on this roster, on this team, this year came from injury. Where is Mario Izzonia going to play? What role will he have? Can the Magic guarantee him that playing time to continue growing? And then again, are they willing to commit multiple years to him? Or just the one, another trial run, another big contract year for him? If I'm a Zonia, I am looking for some security if I can find it. I'm looking for the place where I'm going to play the most. A place that can guarantee me consistent, constant playing time. I may not be looking to be a starter, but I am looking for some place that I can go and get my sh- get, get my shots up in game situations, and show what I can do again. So that I can get closer to becoming fifth overall pick Mario Azonia. I may never reach that ceiling, but certainly Azonia showed this year that he can be a solid reserve player. And that is a start, considering where he was. As I've told people, I won't lose sleep if Azonia walks. It was a bad decision, but not a fatal one. I think that Hazonia's three-point shooting is still a major concern if that is supposed to be his NBA skill. But undoubtedly, he has the scoring outbursts in him. He has that talent in him. He has great vision as a passer. But obviously, he's still got a lot to work on too. And we'll see if that ends up being worked on in a Magic uniform. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, you can follow us now online at LockedOnMagic.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a really interesting look at the Philadelphia 76ers and the Orlando Magic and their diverging rebuilds, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can also follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Just reiterating what I said earlier, next week will be a short week for me, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday podcasts. I'll make sure they're worth your while. And then I'm going to be on vacation for a little while. I don't know when I'll probably be podcasting again. I might take the whole week off. but I'll be back in time to start start dealing with the lottery. If there's breaking news, I'll try and cut in as well. Um, I don't know when I'll be back uh, to, to podcast, but hopefully it'll be uh, within the next week. But uh, Thursday, Friday, there will not be Locked On Magics, uh, the 3rd and the 4th. Definitely no Locked On Magics those days, um, but uh, definitely coming uh, coming at the beginning of the week, we'll do, we'll do podcasts for sure. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. Have a great weekend. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Wright. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team's every day.